Hello, dear listeners. Today, you're really in for treat because I have the amazing, the one and only Francisca Amores as my guest, and we are going to talk about Does Size Matter? Before we go into that, I'd like to share something that uh, last time I asked if you could please give me a review on uh, Apple Podcast. What is your favorite episode? And I got few and they came through messaging. The first one was where the person said, I really, really was intrigued by the episode where you talked about AI. And it all started very beautifully. It was all described what Tantra is so wonderfully. But then it kind of started to feel repetitive and didn't really have any interest into it. it there was there was no feeling. And that was because I read what AI, ChatGPT, had written uh, for me what is tantra and how to how to introduce tantra so uh, the takeaway there for me and for this particular listener was that yes it's exciting interesting let's embrace all the new new stuff and start influencing so that ai also learns about beautiful stuff about sex and not exploitation abuse and horribleness so that it's uh, it's also having that uh, ability to talk about sex and tantra in a in an inspiring, pleasurable, loving, kind way. But also, you can't really, you can't, you can't, you can't replace yourself as a podcaster when it comes to writing your copy or coming live and just talking and sharing what's what's important to you, because after all, it's still a machine. So that was one of the favorite episodes. I don't know if it was the favorite. I think it was the last episode that the person listened to and gave feedback on that. So that was lovely. Thank you very much. The other one I got through Instagram Messenger is, Hi, Miss Bland. I just listened to episode 28 about self-pleasure. It was grand. Oddly enough, I experienced an amazing self-care time last night. Still thinking about it. I really enjoy your podcast. And this person, thank you very much, also shared that self-care time. And I've got the permission to actually share that with you next time. Today, we are really going into Does Size Matter? My name is Anne Bland, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this open and honest, very explicit, especially today, podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Welcome, Francesca. So lovely to have you on board. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to 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 be with you on this podcast because you always bring that sparkly energy and and the juiciness and and uh, the deliciousness to this this podcast. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me on again. And I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. Shall we shoot then? So what is anatomy of sexuality and does it matter? Does the size especially matter? Well, that's a very interesting question. Maybe a couple of years ago, I said it matters. But today, I don't think it matters that much anymore because there is a lot more to the anatomy. What, what changed? I'm really curious. What changed? What changed? I discovered myself even more. Like I really went on an adventure to discover what do I like? How do I want to be touched? 
what gives me pleasure and it's not it's not the penetration itself anymore there's a lot more it's i'm very much into energy now mm, like, don't we know that don't yeah. we know that <laughs> yeah so it's like <laughs> yeah that's what changed it's um for me penetration um it's nice to have it but it's not a must anymore because i can i can feel so much pleasure i can have energetic orgasms um i'm not even penetrated but feel penetrated by the energy and that really changed if if size matters to me yeah ditto ditto that's that's exactly <laughs> oh oh that makes me so happy i'm so you know people please understand that there's so much more to sex than we ever have been taught at school and this is this is something that anybody can have do you think so would you say so uh definitely definitely hmm. but like everybody needs to or we need to open up i mean we, we need to get not get rid but like try to get out of the the box or of mm. what we have been taught or maybe also heard from our parents or from friends or from you know and like really become curious okay so what are they talking about? I wanna, I wanna go on an adventure. I wanna try, you know. And it's it's really coming from yourself if you're curious, if you wanna change your your sex life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and lots of people would say, well, it's already okay, it's already good. Why to change something that works? No, it can be a lot better. <laughs> Yes, yes, it can be lots more better and it can be lots more varied and it can even be sacred. So when we come into that space, uh, space holding where everything is possible, anything is welcome, everything is okay, it's it's beautiful with that consent and love and compassion to hold that space for each other as lovers, but also during self-pleasure. We're both parents, mothers, and we just had this discussion that actually it hasn't changed. Sex education hasn't changed that much, to be honest. No, it doesn't it include any of this stuff. No. It's just um, information in regular books. Mm. Mm. There's nothing about, or at least I haven't read any, any books that they show and <laughs> they give at school that, you know, energy or also like how you yourself are connected to your inner energies yeah if you may call it you know female or male energy masculine energy or yin or yang so we have so many so many things inside and when we are connected to that or we feel that this can be so expansive and then it also shows in in your um, in your appearance and, and i think that's also where people say people feel so attracted to you when, when you have this stuff you yeah know? i don't yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. You know, if you're a pleasurable person and you are okay with pleasure in your life, you will glow. You will glow and you're so charismatic, you're magnetic. You can actually use that energy to to create the life you want. You know, after all, we are talking about sex magic here in terms of energy and it's an it's an ancient practice that can be learned by anybody. And actually I've I've got this pleasure quest coming up where I will be teaching uh, sex magic as well as a bonus, uh, <laughs> as a bonus in the end after we've we've kind of started to master the seven holistic sex tools. So anybody is welcome to come to that space and and learn that because yeah, it's like sex education for adults because if adults 
don't have that okayness about their own sex and sexuality, about their anatomy of sex, how, what chance do the kids have? You know, if you know the teachers are parents as well, most likely, and if they can't teach something that is pleasurable, it's all about restrictions and scares and risks and all that. I think the key, my mission is here that people, we as adults, will really learn about our sexual anatomy, pleasure, and how we can be pleasurable to ourselves and to others. And when we are okay with that, our children, their children will have more chance to, to be happier, more pleasurable, and more peaceful people on this planet. Yes, exactly. I do agree with that. Mm. Yes. So, is, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to say about the, the size matter. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Okay, we're going into the energy again. And I know Amanda at least will say, oh, you too, when you talk about sex, you're just too energetic. We can't follow you, you know, because you just go from one thing to another. I said, yeah, but you were just talking about the size matter. And now you're talking about energy again. <laughs> so hello, Amanda. This is a big shout out to you, my dearest. Um, yeah, so what, what I would like to say is um, to all penis owners out there is that Every penis is perfect, and for every penis, there is the perfect vagina. Wow. Because there are different types, like length, the thickness, and they're also the vaginas. They are not the same. They don't have the same depth. So just an example, if you have a vagina with maybe eight centimeters deep, and you have a man with a penis when he's hard, he's like 20 this can be hurtful for the woman and it's not going to be pleasurable. So I feel that really for every vagina, there's the perfect penis. And yeah, that's what I want to say right now. <laughs> oh, I, I needed to have a big sigh uh, here because it was like kind of, that is the message of this episode. There is a vagina for every penis. There's a penis for every vagina. That doesn't hurt and fits perfectly. But what if what if it doesn't? I mean, for goodness sake, people are married, they have committed to long-term relationships, and what if it's not the right size for them? The anatomy doesn't work out with the with the couple. That's a hard question. It is really. I think that there you need a lot of compassion and to get to know, first of all, your own turn on. Like what gives me pleasure? What do I need? to have pleasure, to feel pleasure, and find other ways. For example, if a man has a really small penis, a short, small penis, and the woman has a really deep vagina, he probably will never reach her cervix with his penis and give her <clears throat> a cervical orgasm with his penis. But there are other things they can use. If a man thinks, oh, my penis is so small, they usually develop a lot more other things to give pleasure to women because oh, they yes. don't rely on the big dick, you know. And most, and usually they are uh, like oral kings or like with their wow. fingers or with their touch. Or there's so many things. And men who have really big cocks, they rely on them, and they think it's just the thrusting stuff. And um, oh, that doesn't give me pleasure, for example. No, because it hurts me. It's 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 not what I need, not what I want. At least not in the first two or three hours. Maybe. 
here comes the, the 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 confirmation of tantra is very slow and takes hell of a lot of time yeah. but i know you can do tantric quickies as well so you know that's uh, that's that's just to put out there you know it's not always hours and hours but yeah you're right you're right i would also add energy often i've heard that men can develop a, a big energy body sexual energy body and as you said, there are other things. There is the presence. And I've said many times before that if man is fully confidently present during sex and lovemaking, that is so sexy. Sexy. So sexy. It's like kind of, oh, who are you? Oh gosh. Yeah. The pussy wakes up. So so it's it's really not about being cocky about your size, you know, being big and and as you said, just getting into thrusting and that's it. Most likely. For majority of pussies, it doesn't work on its own until it's really the right timing. So I think that's a very, very important thing. There are so many different ways you can you can pleasure a woman. You know, as you said, oral sex. There is the squirting. There's the G spot. It doesn't have to be an A spot or cervical orgasm in the end of uh, vagina. And also, people like different types of foreplay turn on arousal uh, and sometimes that can be actually better i just had one listener a few weeks ago saying that it's the skin to skin the body to body contact that really is the thing for him and that's what he really enjoys more foreplay the better and i thought oh gosh yes please you know can we have more men like this <laughs> and i'm not i'm not saying that because uh, it's about tantra it's also sexual anatomy of females because there is the whole network of erogenous um, area, region that needs to be stimulated. And some women actually can have a moist pussy by nature and some can be quite dry. So just moistiness doesn't mean that you are ready for sex. So there, there is so much more to turn on than just wetness and I would really like to take this to the size of women, to vulvas and vaginas. We've kind of said that there are different depths of vaginas. But what about vulvas? What do you have to say about size and shape of female vulvas? As uh, there are also um, different types of eggs. When I got curious about this, when I started uh, looking on in the books and anatomy, I actually got also curious to... Um, to watch pornos, yeah, just to see what kind of pussy they show, and and for me there is the porno pussy it doesn't have any, any large lips, and maybe also that what gives complex to women that there's something wrong because maybe they have mm -hmm. you know, larger lips. I I have um, my uh, my lips are like a butterfly. I really have large lips, and when I open them up, it looks like a beautiful butterfly. I love this pussy ladies. And it's I, I yeah, and um, we're all different and it's okay. We it's okay, it's beautiful. We're all beautiful with what we have. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That is very important message. I've said that before that the labia surgery is one of the most lucrative businesses for plastic surgery at the moment. And it makes me really, really sad. Really sad that uh, as you said, porn pussy is most likely the reason because it is it can be photoshopped but also it's just chosen one particular kind of pussy 
and uh, and I just I want to celebrate diversity. We should all celebrate diversity, and there is so much beauty in different shapes and sizes of bulbs because it can be it can be, for instance, as you said, the lips, the the labia can be different, the inner and outer. Sometimes the inner lips can be bigger than the outer lips. Sometimes there's hardly any inner lips. The clitoris, the... I call it pearl. Oh, you call it... You call her pearl? Yes. Oh, she looks like a pearl. Butterfly with a pearl. Yes. Oh. Now I've got now I've got now I've got to come up with something poetic about my labia, which I'm not capable of doing at this short notice. So <laughs> I'm not going to try. But it's beautiful to actually own your labia like and your pussy or vulva like that, that you actually give her name and you describe her in such beautiful ways. So I want to really honor that and celebrate you that you are so at ease and so in love, it sounds to me. With your own pussy. Yeah. I just want to maybe mention something about labial surgery. It is possible that if you have really big uh, vulva lips and you do some kind of sports, it can be very hurtful. For example, right. if you are riding, horseback riding, or also cycling, I realize, and also that's the position of my, my clitoris, straight at the entrance of the vagina so if i ride a bike it really hurts me so bike riding is unfortunately not a sport i like it doesn't be any good for my for my um for my pussy and uh yeah maybe if i if i change the saddle or wherever i'm sure there will be a solution but i can understand I, i'm not going to judge um you know um no people who who have problems because they may be have horse a horse farm and they need to ride and they have pain so you know yeah i want to say that so. thank you very much for actually clarifying that i agree 100 percent with you if there is a um issue physical pain of course surgery is then most likely the only solution for that kind of scenario but it was more like a confidence thing that when girls and women see Porn pussies, they think I don't look like that, and a lot of lot of um, responsibility lies with their partners. So, guys out there, please, 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 be very sensible and sensitive about female pussies and vulvas because there is a lot of there is a lot of sadness in there and a lot of lack of confidence, self confidence in there. The same way as maybe guys when having sports or in the toilets that they are comparing their cocks with the next guy and it gives them insecurity. The same way you would like to be considerate and honoring and respectful for any pussy that is presented to you. Yeah, right. Well said. But yeah, I mean it's interesting because clitoris is such a big thing about when we talk about pleasure of female pleasure going back to the the bike riding often it's considered very sexual it wasn't allowed for women to ride a horse a bike like we do nowadays it was sideways because it was considered being too sexual and arousal and all that and i always fun wondered that you know i, I don't <laughs> i don't have any any problem with with that because i have a clitoris that is very far from the opening of my pussy 
so of my vagina. So I don't have that kind of stimulus from riding, definitely. So, you know, already here you can you can see that there are there is such a variety in female anatomy, just like there is the length and th thickness of a cock and the balls. It's same with female anatomy, where there is the length of the vagina, there is the shape and size of the lips, but also where the clitoris is, is very important because most probably women who's, and I don't know, maybe you have more insight into this, that it's easier to orgasm through penetration if your clitoris is nearer the opening because it, it gets stimulated, especially if there is more kind of a grinding and not pounding thrusting motion what would you say to that yeah i think that's very much possible it really depends where where the clitoris is and those again what do i like do i like direct stimulation like if if a man you know goes straight onto my clitoris and starts uh, licking like crazy i shut down because it hurts me it's not pleasurable so i need a lot of teasing and you know going around and maybe at Later, I want some stimulation direct, but maybe not even. Like, we are all different, and we really need to find out for ourselves first. What do I like? What gives me pleasure? What what doesn't give me pleasure? And then I can also communicate to the partner or the person you have you have sex with. But if it's direct stimulation, I don't like, and I don't tell that person. And uh, then this person maybe gets. Why doesn't she get turned on? And then he gets upset, and so. It's also about communication. Like there is so much to it, you know. This is what I hear all the time when I coach couples is that con co communication is always the issue. It's so difficult to speak about your needs and desires and your fears and pains. And I think one of the, one of the things that is very important to acknowledge is that when there is pain, it's a no. It's always a no. Don't, just don't go unless you have that kind of play. But even in kinky play and PDSM, it's, it's very much about consent and it's very much about having the safety words and being really open and conscious about it. I think that's the, that's the number one in terms of communication. If it's too much, if it's painful, you shut down. And who wants a partner who shut down? I mean, for goodness, everybody wants their partners to enjoy. That's at least the ideal relationship or lovership where people really enjoy each other and turn each other on and pleasure each other because there is obviously that much you can have for your own. But when you are with somebody else, you do want to have the joy in their pleasure as well. And then also, of course, it's um, you know how you communicate it. Like with empathy and really sweet and not the, ah, don't do that, that hurts me. So, yeah, communication. How would you communicate about that? Are you willing to share? You don't have to. Yeah, like I really like oh, if you can go with your tongue around my clitoris. No direct stimulation, but just tease her around. <laughs> would you be willing to do that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like to to tell them what I like, but also like always in an inviting way, not to make them feel um, wrong or that they're not capable. But I also like, I, I like to talk before, you know, have a little conversation. Are you willing, if something doesn't feel good to me, may I tell this or shall I tell you with words or do I just stop your hand or your mouth or whatever? Um, you know, how, how do you want to communicate? 
Yes, so the other one is not. So basically, you are managing also expectations, aren't you? If the other person doesn't like abruptness, all of a sudden taking their hand away or pushing them away. So it, it needs to really. And when woman is ready, the partner will know. <laughs> if they have eyes and sensibility. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. One of the things I really would like to uh, emphasize here, which we've covered on this show many times, is the size of the clitoris inside, which is invisible. So it really is a big organ, and I would really invite you to to Google the shape of clitoris. I forgot to say, some women have a hood over their pile, so it can be quite hidden. So there are very different ways of Uh, how the clitoris is shown and it goes so deep it goes actually deep into the cervix the end of the vagina so that's the way to actually blend have blended orgasms where you can stimulate if you're one of those women who who can't orgasm through penetration is the stimulus of the clitoris because the clitoris once it's really engorged the whole erogenous zone the network is engorged and ready and very turned on, it can also give a cervical orgasm because it's a blended orgasm. And there are ways in which you can use your pelvic floor muscles, learn to really pump that pleasure up. Um, it's more than giggles, and it's really about having more pleasure in your life and really activating not just the cervical orgasm potentiality, but also the energetic orgasm potentiality and having those multiple for whole body orgasm and this actually works you know this kind of pelvic floor uh, exercise movement helps men as well to to experience those states that um, that every pussy owner or penis owner like especially pussy owners with the lips go and look at other pussies and and see how natural and beautiful your own pussy is and stop comparing i mean you know comparing is well, we know that men compare. That's the old story that, you know, they in locker rooms, they compare each other or, you know, they, they do this. And, and it's not talked about female pussies because we don't see them. We don't tend to see. I mean, obviously, I was born in Finland and raised in Finland where we have the sauna culture. So I saw naked women in swimming pools because of the sauna. In those days, they were all very furry. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't see the lips. And I think... Now that this fashion of shaving off your pubic hair has come about, more younger girls and women don't want to shower publicly. They've now needed to install cubicles where people go and shower, take their swimming suits off, and they won't go into sauna anymore, which for me is very sad. So we're kind of losing, because of porn, we are losing already something that is very traditionally okay and natural in Finnish culture, that everybody's body is different and you get used to seeing different, you know, shapes of bodies. And now people just don't want to show their pussies because they're shaven and they might not look exactly like in the porn. So I think that's a, a side effect of porn that I can see coming to my, to my culture, particular culture. There's obviously one more question when it comes to size, and I'm really interested in knowing what your take on this is. And this is about anal play. So what do you have on anal play when it comes to size? Does it matter? For my experience, uh, I think it really does. <laughs> Well, yes. Well, 
And it, it's it's the same question maybe about, you know, when, when we go back to the vulva, like about the depth and the length. And oh, vagina, yeah. Yeah, the, the vagina thing. It's it's the, um, the diameter, how do you call it? Yeah, this? yeah, diameter, yeah. 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 yeah, the diameter then that that actually is important. It's if you have a partner with a really big cock and uh, it's the first time you want to do anal play, I would not recommend that mm-hmm. um, because it also takes time. And uh, if you have a partner with a uh, smaller penis. It might be um, better. I suppose there is a lot of, again, this is something that is not talked about openly. And that's why I wanted to ask this question yeah. from you because, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a, there is a lot of uh, uh, modeling, obviously, from porn. And it seems that it's kind of normal and, and guys just go for it. And it doesn't seem to be consensual to me. And it, it can be extremely, extremely painful. And it needs to be, as you say, there is a process. And maybe maybe we can do a, a separate episode on this because there needs to be a process how, how it works. Otherwise, it can be very violating. And obviously, in uh, homosexual circles, there is a much more practice and process in place where it's more understood what it's about and how it's done. Anything else you yeah. want to say about that? Yeah, for me, like every man wants to have anal sex should actually try how it is to receive it oh that's a good point yes so yeah. you know if if uh, strap on or with a finger or maybe two fingers and really so they get a feeling of how it actually is and then they become more delicate because they have tried it and actually for men anal penetration can be extremely extremely orgasmic because of the um prostate massage and I think there is again too much stigma in there that uh, people don't really openly explore that opportunity but again men you know get curious and learn more about how does how does anal play with you work and uh, and how does the prostate massage work for you because it can be really really beautiful so I know we have lots of men listeners on this podcast. But do you have anything else to say for men listeners, male listeners? What would you say to them? I think that men, they want to pleasure or give their partner pleasure. But due to what we have known about sexuality, that's that sex is a little foreplay, a little licking, and then you go into penetration. I think my invitation is really for the, for penis owners to try to find other ways so i don't even like the word um foreplay it should be you know everything like <laughs> it's not foreplay for me means okay first you you play a little and then the penetration is the most important thing why can't it why can't it be all inclusive maybe you are aroused and you want to penetrate like have a penetration right away and then you can you can go back to foreplay and make it the main play if they identify with the size. And if they have this huge penis, um, maybe think that they can pleasure the partner more than maybe somebody with a little penis. But this is not the truth. So it's really an invitation to find out, ah, okay, let's do this. If you didn't have a penis, how would you pleasure your partner? Oh, Oh, ouch. <laughs> How would you pleasure your partner if you didn't have a penis? So we're talking about hands and 
tongues and words touch. and toys, touch, touch. energy, <laughs> energy, of course. Energy. Again. So maybe this could be an evening that the partner with the penis says, okay, I'm not going to use the penis. How can I give you pleasure without my penis? And then just go play. What about them? What about their pleasure? Well, it's not just altruistic play, you know. No, but what I, yeah, that's true. But like what I, like if if I give pleasure to a man, I turn it out the other side. If I give pleasure to a man, it should give pleasure to me too. Otherwise, I shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know? So, of course, if doing an evening of exploration without the penis, I mean, he can touch himself or maybe she can touch him or, you know. But not not doing the penetration thing. Just go play and try. Yeah, and I, I suppose and take it from there and see what happens. If you take that goal away, it makes the whole thing very different, doesn't it? it there's a completely different new adventure. There is completely new exploration, as you say. And maybe there is an opportunity for a man to start with the holistic sex tools, with breathing and movement and sounding, which is very non man-like men don't tend to sound a lot and i encourage that they can then start ha having the altered states of mind and consciousness where it becomes more full-bodied orgasm because there is that kind of build-up of energy and learning how to circulate the energy around your body that's a thing that people don't know about and you know for goodness sake if this was taught at school how much happier would the world be yes definitely i would like <laughs> to say something else and um mm. Oh, first we, we talked about size and, and the diversity of, of vulva lips and, and vaginas and penises. And like, I don't want to make to feel anybody wrong if they just go for penetration, if they are just ready and they just want to. With all the diversity we have in this world, we have also the different diversity of turn-on when in the episode with um, Jin Jin. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Uh, me, for example, I'm very sensual. Like I have to have my all my senses activated. I like to seduce or being seduced. And there are there are humans they just touch their genitals and they are fire and they go to for penetration. That's all perfect. So yes. I really wanna underline that we are all different and everybody is okay. And not to feel bad if we are different. So it's really an invitation to to play, to go on a discovery again. And if you are very sexual, and that's fine too. Go for it. I'm happy for you. But it's important to really realize I have my, my uh, vagina, which is not very profound. So if I have a really big uh, dick, um, it hurts me. Okay, mm. so I'm, I'm not going to have him penetrate me like a crazy rabbit because <laughs> I'm going to be hurt. So, yes, yes, yes. you know, you, fi you have to find other ways. Or maybe yeah. you have to change the partner you know if it's like, i don't know <laughs> but um yeah we are all turned on differently we are both energetic so not even needing touch to f to be turned on or to feel pleasure somebody who likes kinky maybe they love handcuffs or they they want a little uh, whip you can spank their ass so we're all different and and there is no there is no standard there is no this is correct or this is false we are all different. There's so much diversity. I just want that people get to know that. And it's not only in sexuality. It's with everything. Hmm. We all are unique. Amen. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, also in in different situations, we get different turn on turn on. So it, it it depends on the situation. It depends on the day and time and uh, partner. So it's not always what I would say, especially to the men, is that uh, it can <laughs> it can change. And especially when it comes to pussy on people. It's very much about wherever the flow goes. So it can be very different one day to another and even within the day. So one day, you know, there is um, more appetite for kinky play and another time it's more tantric or sexual or sensual. So it's all wonderful in that sense that there is that buffet of sexual pleasure and play. And it's just go and play like... uh, like Francesca said, go and explore and be adventurous and really find out what works and what doesn't in that particular moment with that particular partner. And I have this hashtag sexy series that I use based on one listener feedback. Thank you to UK. But it's really about understanding that seriousness is dis-ease. When you get too serious, it becomes not at ease. So don't take sex too seriously. Become more playful, have more fun and joy in it and laugh about it. Because even during sex, and this is something I know you know very well, what's that to do with, you know, when sex is not serious and there is so much laughter? What's that about? Come on, Francesca, tell us. Well, I don't know what, what you're talking about right now. I'm talking about your laughgasms. Oh, my laughgasms and my crygasms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes I just burst burst into laughing when uh, while while having a lot of pleasure so um um and uh, yeah it maybe is a little weird because then i'm loud i'm laughing and and like one minute afterwards i can just cry and still feel pleasure so it's all this this um blending the pleasure with the emotions can be so healing actually like, yeah. like when i have crygasms or when i just cry my partner is holding space and I don't feel judged and I, I know I can like be really myself. This is so healing. I don't need to know what has, you know, what it was I was crying about. I just Absolutely. know it's like a release. And and that's why I also say sexuality is, is like really healing. Like conscious sexuality can be very, very healing. And then, yeah, you know, you burst into a laughter and you just laugh and giggle and, you know, that it has to, it has to be fun. It can be fun. And uh, yeah, don't take sex too seriously. I think this is a good place to end, unless you have some final words still. What's your favorite part of this discussion? What is something that really you're taking away? Uh, What I'm taking away? Um, For me, it's really important that we realize that there is so much diversity again. (laughs) It's all about this diversity that how we are made, how we were made, how we have been created is perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and there is this invitation to celebrate and love your genitals, whatever sex you are, whatever gender you are. I think that's really beautiful. And I, I would encourage you to give them names like, is it a pearly butterfly? You know, what, what is she? What is he? You know, and just, uh, just play. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe one little thing is um, uh, I also have a name for my pussy. I have a name for my cervix. I have a name for my breasts. Um, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, that, that I keep them private. <laughs> uh, 
it's really funny because I proposed that to the partner. He already had a name, but then like they talk, they communicate with each other. Let's our genitals have a talk with each other, you know? So we call our name, the name of my pussy and the name of his dick, and then they communicate. And it, it's us speaking, but it's so interesting. This to give a voice, to give a voice yeah, to, to your genitalia voice, and communicating. Oh, that, that actually sounds really good fun play, you know, in a partner sexual play. Yeah, let your let your genitals talk to each other. Thank you so much, Francesca. Thank you, listeners. Let me know if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, feedback about this show. My name is Anne Bland, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others.